This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. When we were talking about skincare earlier in the day with each other, Kels, you mentioned coconut oil. Did you um, put coconut oil in your hair? Was that something that your yep. family did? Yeah. Yeah, my family did. We we used the coconut oil, and uh, you know, it, it was it was it was always nice because I'd go to the barber, and it just seemed the thing to do. <laughs> That's the guy that used the electric steel afro comb too. Oh, when I had yeah. an afro, right? And the first wait, time he ever wait, used wait, it. Wait, electric steel afro comb? Yeah, he'd plug it in to heat it up. I right? didn't know and there were afro combs that were electric. Okay. Man, he scared me the first time. I didn't know, and he picked it up. I heard this click, and all of a sudden, there was heat on my forehead, hit my forehead, yeah. and I jumped because it was like he didn't say, oh, I'm going to you know, use this on you. He just forgot to tell me, oh the my. blind guy. Hey, here I come with this hot thing, and it's going to go right. And it went into my afro. I was like, ah! And, and the hair almost, it just stands Ooh, right up because yeah, it reacts yeah. to it just beautifully, right? Oh, after that, I loved it. I just, uh, <laughs> I've known of the, you know, the hair picks and some of that stuff just kind of stabbed. Oh. You with the scalp if you're not careful, but yeah, electric, see, are you, yeah. Are you referring to my mother? Be nice. It's her birthday. My late mother's b- birthday is tomorrow. Be nice okay. now. It's okay. One day we'll get into my mom's braiding my hair, feeling like uh, pulling uh, the hair I, right I used out to of get, my head. I used to get the stand still. Stop it. Yeah, you're <laughs> I didn't me. know you could bend that way. <laughs> me neither. Let's get into uh, Ask a Vet now, switch gears very quickly, and uh, talk to Dr. Danielle Donkind. Whether they provide us with companionship and income, food, or serve a critical role in the ecosystems that support us, animals are vital to human health. Have fun with us as we learn about animal-related topics and about the amazing bond we share with our animal friends. You know, we often hear birds start singing at dawn in the summer, at least, and we know some of them, some, steel french fries that we drop in the parking lot at mcdonald's or at the beach but what about birds as pets we want to find out if they make good pets or not if they can be trained or how they can be trained and so today the ask a vet conversation is for the birds (laughs) dr danielle john kind is here um danielle it's not as common to have a pet as a bird than to have furry pets like cats or dogs but why do people like my parents keep birds as pets all about. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me start with a bit of a disclaimer here. So mm. I've never actually had a bird as a cage pet, and I did not specialize in avian medicine. But most of my personal experience with birds comes from growing up on a farm where we had chickens, ducks, geese, and turkeys at various times while I was growing up. And, you know, some of these birds really did become like pets for us, you know, Um Having said that, of course, people keep birds for lots of reasons, and they can be fascinating and very entertaining. Um, Certainly, they are beautiful to look at, but a lot of people don't realize that they can be far more than just these ornamental singers that stay in a cage. Mm. Um, You know, a well-socialized and trained bird can be very affectionate, like a dog or a cat. Um, Birds are also smart, and they can be trained. Uh, They are funny. They play and do all kinds of things that we humans find very entertaining. So, you know, when you start learning about birds and, you know, interacting with birds and finding people who have birds, you you start to realize, wow, you know, they're they're fun. <laughs> they are. 
I uh, remember when I first started doing cane travel and getting around, I'd go down to the pet store in downtown London years ago at the market, and there they had a parrot. And I would go visit the parrot and talk to the parrot. And just uh, and people would say to me, gee, maybe that's the one animal you like. I'd say, uh. well, sure I do. Right here at the market, as <laughs> long as he stays here. There's no problem. Um, Oh, yeah, exactly. And until they told me, get out. Oh, that's enough of a visit. All right, that's enough playing. <laughs> um, what should people think about before adopting a bird? Well, you know, just like any pet, you know, you, you really want to do your homework before adopting a bird. Um, birds can be noisy, you know, which might not work for people who live in apartments or who have lots of noise-sensitive neighbors. Um, birds can that's be That's why Ramya's mom know? lives in a house. That's why I only visit once a week. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> so that can be messy. <laughs> yeah, birds can be messy. You know, they, they really love to pick things apart and they love to throw things on the floor. Um, <laughs> there can be difficult to house train, you know, which means that, you know, they can leave little presents behind them as they go through their day. They also give off a lot of dust and feather dander, and that can bother some people that have allergies. And, you know, another thing to think about, of course, is cost, especially if you plan to keep a larger bird, um, cages right. and avian for some of these large birds can be quite expensive. Um, birds may also need veterinary care and have their beaks and nails trimmed. And they're social animals and will need you to spend lots of time with them. When you're not around, they'll also need a lot to do to keep them occupied. So when we consider that birds in the wild spend a lot of time foraging for food and kind of hanging out with their buddies and their family, you know, you'll soon see why you can't just really leave a bird alone in a cage all the time. Um, some other things to think about, you know, are longevity. Um, some birds live a long time. I mean, for some species, we're talking decades, you know, mm. and they don't always do well being shuffled from home to home. So that's something you might want to think about before you adopt one. Who, who's going to take your bird after you're gone or are they likely to outlive you? Um, and another thing, of course, is safety. You know, well, birds and other pets can learn to get along with other pets and sometimes even, you know, become buddies with other pets um, that, you know, other pets can sometimes be dangerous to them, like cats, for example. Um, immunocompromised people might want to, you know, think about that too. There are some diseases that people can catch from them. And the last thing I think about is who you plan to adopt your bird from. You know, some of the exotic parrot species in particular are actually endangered in the wild. And, you know, for some of these, um, this could be due to habitat loss, but also the stealing of wild parrot babies for the pet trade can also play a role. So be sure that that's not where you're getting your bird from. There's so right. much to consider. Wow. So much. Um how about care for birds? This obviously would be very different from our, you know, regular cat and dog talk. Yeah, well, in some ways, like like mm. other pets, of course, they need clean water and, you know, an easily cleaned water bottle, hopefully with a sipper tube is recommended. Um, keeping their cage at aviary and environment clean is also really important. Um, feeding them, you know, there, there are commercial pelleted diets for birds that you know, kind of prevent them from picking out only what they like and leaving the rest behind. <laughs> um, but, you know, follow your avian vet's advice on what and how much to feed them. But, you know, most birds get a mix of pellets and vegetables with nuts, seeds, and fruits only used as treats. 
Uh, a lot of them need an opportunity to have a bath at least once or twice a week. So some of them like to just fluff around in a bowl. Some like to be misted with a spray bottle and others would even love to just uh, get a chance to join their people in the shower. <laughs> you know? True. So you just want to let your bird determine what they like best and how often they want to bathe and just make sure the house is warm enough so they don't get chilled. And I think another hmm. huge thing about caring for birds is that, you know, remember they need a lot to do when you're not around to socialize with them. So of course they'll spend some time preening and sleeping and, but when they need something to do, foraging is a really great way for your bird to keep occupied and meet its nutritional requirements at the same time. So there are lots of commercial bird toys available that require the bird to solve problems to get out their food. Nice. There's things like foraging perches, same sort of idea. And you can make inexpensive things for your bird to do too, like wrapping stuff in paper and they have to pick it apart to get at the food. Um, another idea is like a sandbox of bird safe items, like wooden buttons would be an example that a bird has to dig through to find their food. So you might have to show them how to do these things at first, but once they get onto it, it provides that mental stimulation, you know? So hey, birds, of course, wow. are also social creatures and they need to live in a human family and learn how to do that. Mm. Anything okay. on like nail care and beak care and things like that, Danielle, or does it really depend? It depends. And also, um, that would definitely be a question for your avian veterinarian. Mm. Um, there are a lot of different species out there and they all have, you know, slightly different requirements. So definitely that's something to, uh, to check with your vet about. Okay. I got to jump back to the social thing because, uh, you know, it sounds like so much is needed. However, I'm going to assume, uh, there can be a little, like they're too little, which we can identify maybe too much how should we interact with our bird well of course we usually want an affectionate relationship with all of our pets but we do have to be a right. little bit careful with birds you know um excessive time you know spent cuddling perching on a shoulder and preening each other can suggest to your bird that maybe you're interested in becoming more like mates <laughs> rather than just being friends and that can cause problems so you know having your bird perching near you while you chat happily with them is social interaction and so is training them to do tricks to sing to dance to talk you can also play with your bird and of course all birds should be trained to step up on your hand step down off your hand and stay on their perch okay and how do we train the birds well, of course, it follows the same principles that we use to train other animals. So rewarding the behaviors you want them to repeat and avoid rewarding problem behaviors. Uh, of course, like other animals, birds do not respond well to negative reinforcements. So while you may have to let them know they messed up with a firm no, you should never punish them. Now, I have to share an extremely funny story about training birds that I found on CBC News. Um, there's a place in the UK called Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in England, and that takes in these birds needing a home. And, you know, some of the birds that come in there come from these private homes and they've been trained to talk in some, shall we say, colorful <laughs> language. Uh -huh. Oh, <laughs> oh. Since, yes. So, of course, since this park is a public one and there are small children that come to visit, the staff have historically kept the birds that swear like sailors out of the public display aviaries. <laughs> <laughs> and their thought was that without people laughing and reinforcing this swearing behavior and, and not reacting to it, that the birds would become far more polite. Yeah, but right. Apparently. 
Yeah. So apparently they are better, though they still drop the occasional colorful word. But now that the park staff are taking a big risk and they've moved their eight really foul-mouthed birds, pardon the pun, (laughs) into a public enclosure with 92 polite ones. And so they were telling this story about this lady who had dropped off a bird for surrender, and she had, I guess, a problem with um, blaming her husband that the bird was swearing, that it was his fault, that he had taught the bird this. And then the bird began to swear in her voice, and so she was, like, (laughs) totally embarrassed. Oh, my gosh, that beats AI all to death when you say in her voice. (laughs) No, but it's true. They don't just pick up the words. They pick up the tonal. You can absolutely tell. Because it's part of it, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's full imitation. That's really (laughs) incredible. She can't get out of this one. But that is crazy to put them in with the ones that don't swear. Oh, that that (laughs) is nuts. Yeah, I love this. It's like, let's hope that the bad birds learn from the good birds. Wow. (laughs) Yes. I think that was the thought, you know, maybe that, you know, they'll become more polite rather than the (laughs) the polite ones becoming more colorful. I highly doubt it. Amazing. It's amazing how birds are so much like humans. I was going to say, it's just not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're I awesome. thought that was a great story. <laughs> oh, that's a fantastic Perfect. story. Also, like, not to mention, just going and watching parrot videos are so entertaining. Danielle, thank you. And mine are birds. You are so welcome. Yeah, mine is too. Yeah, they're cool. Dr. Danielle Johnkind joins us weekly for Ask a Veterinarian. We cover all kinds of topics remaining to or relating to animals. After the break, we're getting into some medical breakdown conversation. What are the differences, for example, between CT scans and MRIs? These complicated tests can be very overwhelming. So uh, we are going to chat with Frances Wong. She's going to break down the concepts for us. We'll be right back. This is Kelly and Ramia. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.